0: There was a phrase thrown around a ton last week, but I'll tell you what. Saturday night, that was Auburn being Auburn. Listen, put me in a
1: parking lot, you know, um, with Bears and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter.
0: You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Flackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. It's the morning after. Happy Sunday to all of you. I mean, we're joined by Montgomery radio vet Daryl Daprich. Daryl, Auburn wins against Texas A&M 13 to 10. And we'll, we'll get into more of the details and the score and how Auburn probably should have had more points than they did. But it's not really about that right. It, it's when we talk about Saturday night, it was about Carnell Williams and how this team and how this fan base rallied around them.
1: absolutely. And you know, it was a groundswell that started last Saturday, even in sure. a loss to Mississippi State. You could start to feel the pride, the love, the loyalty. It just yeah. started building and the and the excitement, right? And then it's just all week. it's building, it's building, and then it hits a crescendo last night with the crowd and how electric it was. Because, listen, all Auburn Nation and Auburn fans want is someone that they believe in and that they could get behind. That they, they They were dying to rally around something and yeah. someone. They were thirsty. They were craving it. And Cadillac Williams provided that hope, provided that mantra of we believe in something, we're excited for something, and we're going to show it by pouring out love and affection and attendance. And that's what happened. Auburn was absolutely thirsty and craving that. And then you you throw in the basketball game last night and the football complex opening up. And the way the the, the pride of that, and then you start hearing about, you know, the exciting possibility of everything that lined up last night with the candidates, maybe that Auburn's looking at, and the excitement of a coaching sh- search. All those things were spearheaded by a belief and a passion and just loving that we cared again being excited to care again and be emotionally invested and cadillac was like a preacher man he was preaching he was laying down the gospel and all of us were believing
0: yeah i'll put myself in the camp of i I don't think a lot of people realize how much brian harson did negatively to this program in such a short amount of time and it's just Everybody coming together. I mean, they were talking about it openly on, on the TV broadcast last night. Like, man, Brian Harsher really messed this up. Everybody's just glad he's gone. It's like, wow. It's just like everybody unanimously is like just dis- accepting the fact of like how bad of a job he did. And so Carnell Williams offering a breath of fresh air. You're You're greeted with somebody with emotion that you know he cares about the program. And we just haven't had that. And he almost got it in Starkville last weekend. Fortunately, he got it Saturday night at home against texas a&m still this team lacks some pop offensively Mm -hmm. right unless tank bixby or jarquez hunter just beats two or three guys to the edge or makes some guys miss it's like they're pretty limited when it comes down to it but at home you could tell the crowd was such a big factor several penalties whether it were offsides earlier delay of games and Pair that with Texas A&M isn't a good offensive football team. I think they're worse offensively than Auburn is. Um, it resulted in a really good night, and, and, and it put, you, put yourself in a situation to win in the fourth quarter, and um, they didn't make it super easy. There, there were definitely some fumbles <laughs> some that were fortunate to go Auburn's way late. Mm, uh, yes, there was. Still, you, you found a way to win.
1: Yeah, I think it goes to show you that culture, it, even though it becomes such a, a cliché, you hear it and you hear it. It it does matter because what Auburn's doing X's and O's, O's wise or schematically isn't much different than what they were doing three or four weeks ago. They're still struggling to execute. Robbie Ashford is still struggling sure. with touch and completing passes. The run game's gotten better because I think yes. offensive linemen that should have been playing for a while are now playing. You know, they got some dogs on the offensive line. That Jeremiah Wright
0: not being a starter all year is the it, weirdest it, it, thing.
1: It's unbelievable. And then defensively, give give Auburn a ton of credit. Now again, A and M is anemic, but um, okay. Auburn did a really good job the last couple of weeks, causing turnovers, creating havoc. So it's not just X's and O's. I think it's 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 grit, it's effort, it's culture. When you talk about damage, I think the previous coaching staff did as much damage off the field as they did on the field with culture and neglect neglecting certain things. I think kids fed off that. Yeah. And that's why you're right. There was a lot of damage done. So X's and O's still have a lot of, of but you could, t- to me, you could tell the difference of having a couple extra days to prepare. I think game plan wise for Auburn tonight with Will Friend and I Kill You. I think Will Friend called a really, really good first half. I think he called a better game in the first half than Keesaw did all year. And the guy was here for a year and a half. So it goes I, to show you that buddy them. system and all that. It's just, it wasn't working.
0: Yeah. Those were coaches. It should be at Boise state. They should be in the mountain West, not in the sec. Exactly. Right? It, and we knew that while it was happening. It's like, Oh, well maybe he knows something, you know, maybe, maybe it'll work out. And then obviously it, it didn't. So, um, I, I think what he called in the second half was fine. I, the, the miss to Hunter, the wheel route that was in the second half, right? First half, I believe. That wasn't the first half. I mean, that I was a beautiful it was. play call. That was maybe it, wasn't it was the second there.
1: half, but it was it was wide open there. I mean, it was absolutely no doubt touchdown. There. And yeah. then there were some plays that you know could have. Jarquez had a nice run around right in for about twenty six yards. It got called right. back on a hold. I, I mean, there was some things you know schemed up um, just from a from a passing standpoint. The screen pass to Tank Big Tank Bigsby in the first half went for big yardage You put mm-hmm. a nice touch on that so yeah you're right the, even in the second half there were some play calling but you don't know how that play calling may have been adjusted or affected in the second half affected in the second half when will friend looked and said i don't think they're going to score twice on
0: us so yeah, why think, risk think, it
1: you know why risk it adjust your play calling to get a little more conservative because your defense can win you this game
0: yeah run the ball more keep the clock yep. rolling and that's certainly what they did the um well, I think Auburn's first six drives ended in Texas A&M territory. And it's like you only had seven points to show for it. So, like, you know, th- there were some things that you needed to kind of close out on. McPherson missed his first kick. Didn't love that his first kick was a 54 yarder. I-, I don't love that decision, but also it's like, what else are you going to do? You're going to like not kick it, but didn't love that situation. But all in all, I feel very comfortable, Daryl, saying, that Carnell Williams, a guy who has a week and a half of head coaching experience, outcoached the guy that's getting paid a hundred million dollars to be Texas AM's head coach.
1: That's what's so unbelievable is that even the analysts kept saying, why do they keep running these offensive formations? Look at the two by two. Kind of maybe have a Noah's Ark reference there. I can relate to that. Two by two, two by two. look You've at got this. animals form- all over the house. Exactly. Jordan Rodgers was being openly critical and second guessing, going. Why? And then they start talking about the offensive coordinators and how maybe that offensive philosophy has has passed him by. What I think Cadillac has done is basically just delegated and said, "Okay, I'm going to let you make decisions with personnel. I'm going to let you make decisions with who you play on the offensive line, who you play in certain defensive packages. I'm going to let you guys coach." And then he seeks counsel. I think he asks people's opinion that are on the sidelines with him in certain situations. And then he goes to his gut. I, I'm with you. I didn't like the 54-yard field goal. You say, what can you do there? I'd have taken the delay of game and probably punted with the way Auburn's defense That's was perfect. playing. But – and not giving A&M the short field. But I think that he does take – he seeks counsel. He's very humble. And he, he gets feedback. And then he processes that feedback. What he does is I'm going to keep everybody up on the sidelines. I'm going to be the ultimate, you know, rah rah. I'm going to keep you up. I'm going to show you how much I care about you, and then I'm going to let these other coach coaches strategize and and, and let them let them coach and not micromanage. And it's it's worked. I mean, Auburn could be two and zero under his regime right now.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm there with you, man. I'm there with you, and I think his demeanor, I I think it reflects in the, his talk. And the messaging that's coming out from the Auburn, you know, official social media stuff, serve, 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 serve. little discipline in there, but he, he constantly talks about loving the serving these guys in the locker room and serving the Auburn fan base. And it comes across with how he's handling everything so far. Uh, I think you it's know what incredible.
1: I, you know why I think that's so important and so it's, it's such a clue and it's such a peel back the curtain. I think he is being so deliberate And so, um, you know, purposeful in saying that because I feel like he feels the players were underserved under the previous regime. So that's why he keeps saying that to to make up for and to compensate for because he feels like they weren't served. Those players weren't served well before. And so he's going to overcompensate for that now.
0: Yeah, I want to I want to follow up on that in just a moment, Daryl, an example where they were underserved and how he is riding the ship there. I wrote about a little bit last week on the website, did not talk about on the podcast. But also, I want to ask the question. It was a big recruiting weekend for Auburn. If you were a recruit in that stadium Saturday night, how in the world do you not pick the Tigers? All that coming up in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Upside. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether, you know, the, the cliche, do you, do you go out to, to drive through and get a 4 or $5 coffee when you can make it at home? As you can see, I'm drinking one right now. Um, you know, do, do you maybe order water when, when you go to a restaurant? Look, whether it's driving less or dining out less, buying less from the grocery store, we all agree that it's it's a time to cut back. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas groceries or dines out. With upside, it's a very easy-to-use app. You redeem an offer, you take a picture of the receipt, and then boom, you get cash back in your get upside account right there. And you can deposit, you can move it to your bank. You can get it in gift cards, you can get it in crypto. I think I mean you can get it in any certain way possible. So check it out. It's super easy to use and you can get real money back. Download the free upside app, use promo code locked to get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars more. That's five dollars or more cash back. All you have to do is use promo code locked. Daryl Daprich. Uh, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this because I wrote about it on the site, but like. Carnell had a, a player, uh, a players' parents meeting, a big Zoom meeting. And one of the several things that he mentioned sounds like it was about an hour long. But he kind of th- kind of was pretty honest with the parents and said, Hey, the previous situation did not really hold your kids accountable if they went to, s- to class or not. And he's like, That's changed. That's changed. And then, you know, the parent that I talked to that was in there. Called his son, and he was like, "Yeah, no, that dad, that's true, that's true." But you know, they could all tell a, a big shift. And to me, that's just a little opposite of what I thought Brian Harson would be. But mm-hmm. it's just you, you hear story after story after story, and it's like, man, I don't know how he didn't lose more guys to the portal. So, so props to Carnell with everything that he's been able to to shift forward uh, in the right direction in such a short amount of time.
1: Well, I think a couple things. You know, we talked early on when Brian Harson came. I remember at SEC Media Days in 2021, him talking about culture and accountability and kind of mocking the fact that he couldn't believe that players were coming late to meetings. I think, I think the previous staff, and Brian Harson in particular, wants you to be accountable and wants you to be disciplined in culture if it's just all about ball. But everything else outside of the periphery of football, recruiting, going to class, community relations – uh, golf tournaments, foundations, all that extra stuff that I think is important. That guess what is serving? He could give two craps about. So it's it's again I, I mentioned it in week Such three. A of fresh air. It's oh all hat, it's all hat, no cattle. It's I'm going to talk a big game. As far as transfer portal, remember when we were talking about week three, week four? We felt like this they should have made a change and that Cadillac could, could, or whatever, interim coach could create some excitement for recruits when they came back on campus and see the environment, see the love. Well, we're seeing that now, and thankfully, we're not seeing people entering the portal. When, when Cadillac got this job, there wasn't a mass exodus
0: of people well, saying... Well, I, I do want to add a caveat to that. They have 30 days, and so like there's really no strategic advantage to enter until the but, end of that 30-day period.
1: They don't when you make a head coaching change. They can do it right then. Yeah, they have 30 days, but they don't have to wait until the first week of December to do it. They can do it right, right. now. And and wouldn't you say if you were disgruntled and upset that your boy went back to Idaho, that well, you would I, get I, in the portal right now? I mean, I get what you're no, saying. One has, no one has. I get I mean, what you're saying. Do, they can but do we, it now.
0: We still may see people within three weeks do it. Yeah, that's we made, I'm saying. I just thought that I thought the fear
1: was there was going to be a mass exodus that happened right away. Cause it opened up the gateway by firing fear. your coach. You that see what I'm saying? Fear. It yeah. takes away that loop. It gives you that loophole to do it right then and not wait. When maybe you have an opportunity to, to talk a player into staying for a month. I get, well, if you're a player right now, why would you not want to stay after what you're seeing?
0: You know? Yeah, totally. No. And I think the way the window works is you could finish the season, then enter the portal. And if you do it within 30 days of getting fired, apparently I didn't realize this, but this is what Rich McGlynn told the parents shortly after Harson was fired was that if you do it within 30 days, you can transfer for free, which I didn't, I didn't realize that was a rule. I guess it is. I don't know why you wouldn't, why you would make that up. So that's why you may see it in three weeks. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I don't know why a player would not be super stoked with everything that's happening right now. So, Daryl, in your mind, if you're a four star, five star, three star, whatever recruit, and you're at Jordan Hare Stadium, because there were a lot of uh, official visits and vis- uh, just unofficial visits this weekend, I mean that stadium was like they were competing for an SEC West championship, and it was two, three, and six teams. It's like imagine, <laughs> imagine when Auburn's back.
1: Yeah, like, that that's what, what you an can easy sell. Pitch, right? Yeah. Well, there's two. It's twofold. Number one, you know, there were some 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 sources and some people that got back to us that said that he was absolutely killing it with the recruits in the visit today, mm-hmm. absolutely killing it. And he's charismatic and you are listening to him and you are engrossed and locked in. And then he gave a little sneak peek of that to Cole Kublick at the end of the game when he looked, turned around and looked and said, why would you not want to come to Auburn? Auburn football is going to be back and it's going to be fine. And that's the pitch that he is selling you know, in 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 private moments in closed doors when he can talk to players and say, I was part of a team that went undefeated. If you think this environment is lit now, wait till Auburn's back competing for championships, and you can help do that as early as next year. You know, that's the pitch. And it's not fake. And you can understand and relate to it because he's been there, done that. What he's telling you is genuine because he's experienced it. He's experienced yeah. the league, he's gone on to the NFL. He's experienced a, a phenomenal football season under Tommy Tuberville in 2004, and he's got the Auburn experience. You believe him because he's lived it.
0: I want to speculate what this means moving forward, Daryl, in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan, the thrilling designs behind the new lineup of Nissan. Uh, are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, I, I think it's bigger than what happened on the field. I think all of it just has to do with Cadillac leading this team. But uh, if we had to pick a specific play, I'll talk about uh, Javaris Johnson. Holland in that touchdown pass early in the game. That was very, very thrilling. Very, very exciting. So this segment's been inspired by the new thrilling designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available at NissanUSA.com. Daryl, as far as moving forward, there are already a lot of Auburn fans that were saying Carnell Williams should be the next head coach. Yeah. I'm not in that boat. No, I don't, I don't think he should be, but I am more okay with it. If that's the move that they're going, I've heard nothing to indicate that that's even being considered, but man, I just, I, I do anything for that man. Like, I mean, it was incredible what he did, what he's doing.
1: Yeah. And in a short, in a short little uh, snapshot. Yeah, that's great. I, I don't think that, that, Cadillac Williams should be the next Auburn head coach, and I oh, love I the guy to death. I think that when interim gets that job, typically that interim's had head coaching experience before and is back on a staff, right? You know, with a second win like Ed Orgeron, or it's been a guy like in waiting for a while, a, a guy in, in waiting. And, yeah. and and I think I think Cadillac would have had to like really like win out. I mean, he it, to even to, to even entertain the thought if he would have won his last four. including the iron bowl, then you, you have to seriously say, well, you know, what's, what's this magic, but you know, like with Clay Helton and Ed Orgeron, some of those guys, they just got, they got hot at the right time, but they had experience and they were head coaches in waiting. I don't think that's the case with Cadillac. And I think Cadillac's perfectly fine. He, he's, he would have to to really, really get some head coaching experience. Look, this job right now, Auburn has an opportunity that hasn't had in decades. And that is at the end of the day, on November 27th, or whenever it is, Auburn will still be the premier coaching job in America. They have an opportunity with candidates that we've heard mm-hmm. that it's not just rumors; they're on all hot boards. All the media has kind of been in agreement with like four candidates, right. and every any one of them would be a great choice, and they're all great hires. You have an opportunity to hit a home run; hit the home run, and it's not a slight on Cadillac. But no. that's not that's not a home run hire. You have a chance. I don't to, think Ken
0: will be upset about it either. No,
1: I. I would definitely, like I said last week, keep him on staff mm-hmm. because of, of what the ties and the connection he has and from a re- recruiting standpoint. I think the I think the connections and the relationships he's gonna build from now until a new ca- a new coach is, is is named before early signing day yeah. is gonna be absolutely imperative and so yeah. important to Auburn. And he, you need, if you build that relationship, you need to keep him around after he's built those relationships.
0: All right, you got Western Kentucky coming up, the Marcus Bragg Bowl. Um, that certainly should be a win. And then, yeah, leading into the Iron Bowl, it's going to be so fun because I think Alabama's beatable. I don't know if we can do it there, but I, I do think they're significantly more beatable than we ever thought they would be this season, despite them beating Ole Miss and Oxford on Saturday. But um, just a, a few other notes Them putting all three running backs on the field at the same time in the first half. Oh, my gosh. I loved that.
1: I I did, too. I I thought, you know, it gives you all kind of different options. And and the first thing I thought of is you can go jet sweep with Austin. You can go between the tackles with Tank. Or you could do either or with Hunter. And so it, it made Durkin have to think. You know, what what are they going to do here, or is there going to be a swing pass out of the backfield? Or, you or could, with
0: Robbie, you you could do you could do option stuff. You could do
1: option stuff, or you could uh, take Jarquez on that wheel route that was wide open out of a three back set. There was a lot of great things, just like they did last week with the three tight ends. Yeah. The, the three tight ends really helped with run blocking. I mean, you know, people think, oh, you got three tight ends, you're going to throw to one of the three. No. They put some packages in so they could get some push downfield, and it really worked. So I like I like trying different things. I like the um, kind of the backside pitch reverse that they did to Jarquez that he got big yards on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did some different things that I thought were creative. Um, really didn't have an opportunity to throw the ball downfield. Didn't see any slants. Didn't see anything
0: down the middle of the field. The, the, the passing ball, game was bad. The passing it was. game was not great. More it, passing it, numbers here. You Six know, you, of thirteen. Yeah. 60 yards passing R- over Ran it for
1: 285, and um, amazing yep. to me that if my stats are right, Hunter and Bigsby both ran for the exact same amount of yards, 121 each, Yeah, you know, 121 apiece. That's pretty stinking balanced right there, right? You talk about balance. I like that kind of – if you can – that's the key. Auburn had more time of possession. They had more first downs. They had more total yards, and they absolutely gashed them running the ball even when AM made their adjustments in the second half. If Auburn, again, stop me if you've heard this before, isn't on the negative two side of the, of the turnover ledger, that could be a three-score game.
0: Yeah, you're right. And, and for a moment there, uh, we thought Auburn was going to be down in the turnover battle 4 Yeah. What a crazy, fluky thing to happen. Um, I was kind of getting on to Shedrick Jackson for like not getting on that ball after uh, Jarquez fumbled it. On Twitter, I was like, "How does Shed not get on that ball? Like the lack of body control is crazy." But he slid past it, and he slid past it just enough where he had to. He was stretched out. Had a he hand kept the hand ball. on
1: it. Yeah, kept the hand on the ball while his right hand was out Tapped of bounds. Out, so, yeah. Now, Tank. Not, let's be fair. I mean, I, I one thing I always want to do is be transparent, and I can't be. Uh, you know, if we talk about Auburn getting shafted on calls, Tank Bigsby fumbled that football, and, and Auburn got a huge break. Yeah. Unless they're saying his momentum and forward progress was stopped, but there was no knee down. And for Jimbo to not call timeout and to not challenge that and let Auburn rush up to the line of scrimmage. Jimbo is so checked out of the season. He, he really is there. disconnected, isn't he? Did he not he, want to he, be there. He seems so disconnected. He really does. He, he, he That's a great word. He's checked out. He's going through the motions. He's disconnected. And I don't know if he thinks that, look, I'm playing a lot of freshmen I've got a tremendous recruiting class. I'm gonna go get me a stud quarterback in the portal, and I will be back next year. And he's just counting this as a lost season. I don't know. Well, but he definitely has checked out.
0: I mean, they, they were in championship or bus mode, and they're what three and seven now? Like how, worst how?
1: team in the SEC West. <laughs> worst team in the West, in last in the West right now. And everybody thought they were gonna be challenging Alabama for are the they, Western.
0: Are they last in the SEC right now since Vandy won? Well,
1: they both one, have one SEC victory. a and yeah, beat – So they both be one and six. Yeah. Didn't A&M beat Arkansas, I believe? Yeah, they did. So they're both one and six, yep.
0: Mm. Hilarious. It is. I, I just – I love that Caddy outcoached him. Like, I, there is not <laughs> one part of that that I just do not absolutely freaking love.
1: Yeah, I, he really did. And, I, and I'll tell you, you know, we talked about that Nissan moment. For me, the honorable mention would have to be the Colby strip sack from behind. I, yeah, I know that yeah. Johnson's score put them up 7 nothing, mm-hmm. but to me, that allowed them to, to to get the points that put the game away. And look how big those points ended up being because Ann went right down the field Great and made point. it 13 10. To me, when Wooden made that sack and Joseph fell on the ball, And by the way, the ESPN announcer's name is Morris Joseph, not Joseph Morris. I don't know where you're reading your 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 roster there, dude. But Tom, uh, the heart guy. But anyway, that was a huge play, and that that to me is the first time all night that I was I kind of sighed and thought we're gonna get points out of this. And just a field goal with the way Auburn's defense was playing, I didn't think A and M was even gonna get one score in a minute fifty, and they did. I mean, you know, they went down the field and they had some some big runs, but that to me sealed it because it let Auburn kick the field goal that ultimately put it out of reach.
0: Yeah, you and I were texting during the game, and I'm like, if they're not going to score twice. And I, I was shocked they were going to score once, uh, yeah. to, to be honest with you. Um,
1: they had short fields. The field goal, I mean, they, they, they went minus three yards, and then they kicked the field goal. I mean, when they made it 10-3. to three. And yeah. then the, the last drive, here's the other thing that if I'm an A&M fan, I am extremely upset about against South Carolina and against Auburn, when A&M went tempo and went fast, they were very successful. They scored two touchdowns against South Carolina going tempo, and you saw what they did against Auburn going tempo. Now, some of that could have been that Auburn went prevent and changed defensively and that kind of thing. But in two games, South Carolina and Auburn, when A&M went tempo, they were very, very successful. And it's kind of like – our favorite NFL teams. It happened all the time when I was watching the Steelers, they'd go no huddle. And I'm like, where's this been all game? And they score 14. I'm like, why not do this all game? If you can be successful with tempo, why he didn't, I don't understand it. Like you said, the only explanation checked out.
0: Uh, Daryl, and this will be better for the YouTube viewers, not the audio listeners, but we will describe it and read it to you. But Twitter page, NCAA nation, uh, tweet out this graphic. I just grabbed it to put up here. It's got Cadillac <laughs> and Jimbo next to each other. And it's got Cadillac $400,000 uh, salary and Jimbo $9 million salary. I, I just, I, I just, I love it. Well, that's not the first time, time that so he's, much. it is. I mean, that's the
1: second time he's got beat by a coach probably making less than a million. Cause I don't think Appalachian States coach makes more than a million.
0: Uh, so you're
1: probably right. You know, you know, and so, and that's when you could kind of see, but this night, this night was all about Auburn and finally having something to feel good about, to believe in, to get behind. It had been such a dark, dark wilderness. And even last week it was painful because we cared and it was like right there for the taking. There was a pride factor, but it was like, Oh man, Auburn could have won that game. And it it, it still was a little bit disappointing, but it built from that. And so what we got tonight was a, was a payoff of all week. And, you know, I just – it was a weird feeling that we all had all week. And there was just a lot of people that just felt, including Vegas, that Auburn was going to win the game. And that's just, you know, a 3-16. And, yep. like and, and, and It was like two and a half, yeah. And
0: it's like, well, they yeah. won by 3. It felt, so. it
1: felt like, you know, the Auburn teams of the past when you're like, oh, they should win this game, and, and they do. And that's kind of what this felt like tonight.
0: Daryl, how can people find you and support you and all that stuff, buddy? Yeah,
1: you can check me out on Twitter. At, it's at DAP6410. Also, Monday mornings on WANI. Uh, good morning, Auburn, Opelika, with our good friend Ben Taylor. From about 710 to 730, we talk all things sports. We've talked baseball. We've talked Auburn. We've talked all kind of stuff. So uh, check, it, check it out at that time as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. For, uh, for me, you can read all my written work at AuburnDaily.com and we'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.